Well, welcome to our Tuesday morning devotions. I recently led some teaching sessions at the Oast House uh, where we thought about what it meant to be torchbearers. I just wanted to revisit that as we look at John chapter 1, verses 6 to 9 this morning. If you were there at the conference, you won't remember any of it anyway because most of you were asleep. What a year 2012 was. It was the year that the Olympics came to the UK. And what a great event it proved to be. How exciting it was to join the crowds in Broadstairs as, to, as the torch, the Olympic torch, went by. It really set us up for what was about to come, which of course was a great Olympics and Paralympics, something that we enjoyed immensely. To see that torch, to see it handed from person to person, to know how far it had come and that sense of anticipation that it brings. It travels all the way from Athens. And of course now uh, the Olympic Games has been relaunched or coming to the end by the time we uh, do these devotions, I guess. But of course that Olympic torch went all the way from Athens to Japan and there it was paraded. It lit the main Olympic torch. And of course, what it does is it creates this sense of excitement and builds towards the big day and the big event. From the outset of the New Testament, you sense something quite amazing is about to take place. It's like watching one of those films where the music begins to build and build and build. And you know something is about to happen that will change the outcome of the film. So you wait in anticipation, or if it's a little bit unnerving, in my case, I'm usually behind the sofa, afraid to look. The moment is coming, it's building, and the suspense is killing. Let's read John chapter 1, verses 1 to 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. 
we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace, in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in the closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. And if there was ever a prelude to this final act, this is it, the birth of John the Baptist. John is very clear exactly who John the Baptist was. At the time, there were some who were claiming that John the Baptist was more than he truly was. And John here in his meditation on the coming of Christ into the world wants to make it very clear that John the Baptist was an incredible prophetic figure, but he was not the Christ. He came as a witness to the Christ. He had come to bear witness to the light. John emphasizes it several times. He's not the light himself. The true light was coming into the world, and that true light, of course, was Jesus. But John is a torchbearer. And throughout the Old Testament, we get the story of men and women who prophetically sought to speak into the lives of their own generation, to guide people to return to God, to warn them to return to God. As each came and went, so they patched on this torch of revelation and truth from one person to another person. In one sense, the Old Testament prophetic ministry begins with Samuel, but it certainly reaches uh, a particular height when we look at the life of Elijah. Remember, in that moment of transfiguration on the mountain, Jesus is joined by Moses, who represents the law, and of course, Elijah, who represents the prophets. And clearly, what we're being told in that moment is that Jesus is both. He's both the lawbringer and, of course, the greatest of all prophets. In Jesus, the law and the prophets reach their climax. But in between the Old Testament and the New Testament, you almost sense for a moment that the torch went and disappeared. There's nothing recorded for 400 years. 400 years between the last recorded voice of the Old Testament and the first recorded voice of the New Testament. That period is often referred to as the silent years. In fact, if you look at history, they were anything but silent. They were turbulent years, years of upheaval. They were conquests and occupations. The torch may remain hidden from us, but of course God was not having a long sabbatical. And even though at points the flame, the torch flame may have been flickering, 
smouldering. Nonetheless, it remains. And of course, it continued to be passed on from prophetic voice to prophetic voice. And then, of course, it's passed on to these final moments, these opening moments of the New Testament. The spirit of Elijah, the prophetic ministry, is alive and it's been passed on to John the Baptist. And of course, it's for John to call people to a time of uh, repentance and, of course, preparation for the coming of Jesus. I guess the question for us this morning is simple. What are we passing on to the next generation? Naturally, of course, most of us want to leave something that perhaps will provide a better future for our children and grandchildren. But I think if we just leave money and property, we may well have missed a trick. What would you like to pass on? to the next generation. Lord, help us to be torchbearers in our generation, always drawing people to the light of who you truly are, calling and challenging people to return to you. And help us to pass that torch on to the next generation so that they might see the one who came full of grace and truth. In the name of Christ, the light of the world. Amen.